Today on Unleashcast, I talk to Ashling Tayar. She's Chief Customer Officer of Become. They are one of the Emerald sponsors of Unleash World, which is happening this week. So we talked about the idea of continuous feedback, where appraisals are going, should they even be carried out at all these days? And if they're not, what's going to replace them for the better? It was a fascinating chat with Ashling. Really looking forward to meeting her at Unleash World. This is our last podcast before the event, but we'll be capturing a lot of audio interviews while we're there. So do look out for those in the coming days and weeks. If you've made the journey to Paris, I hope you enjoy the show. Really looking forward to meeting you. But for now, here's my chat with Ashling. Ashling, what do annual performance reviews get wrong? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people have moved on in the last few years. They've introduced real-time feedback and regular check-ins to supplement the performance review, the annual review. And that's helped, I think, a, a lot. But I think where we're still struggling to get it right is the level of subjectivity and bias that can happen um, as part of the review process. And often HR are checking kind of too late in the day. They'll check the ratings or they'll check the gender pay gap for, you know, are we getting it right? Is, you know, is there still biases and are our women not doing as well as our men? But actually, you've got to check it an awful lot earlier on in the process, because really that's a symptom of what's getting what's going wrong throughout the whole process. So, for example, there's lots of research that would indicate that women are 20 percent less likely to receive actionable and growth oriented feedback than their male colleagues. And so when they do receive feedback, it tends to be positive praise or indeed personality based, neither of which can make you grow. You know, so I mean, I'm all for positive praise and it's nice to get it. But these aren't ways that you can evolve or or grow or develop. And the other piece is everybody's got self-evaluation built into their performance review, which you think that that's a good thing. It's good for people to, to review, you know, how they've done themselves. But again, there's lots of research to indicate that women will be an awful lot more modest in their uh, self-evaluations than their male colleagues. And even when you show them the data and you go, actually, your metrics are higher than everybody else's and so on, they'll still be more modest in their self-evaluations. And of course, that naturally biases the manager, because if if Ashling only thinks she's okay, then probably I think, okay, well, she only thinks she's okay, so maybe she is okay. Well, we'll give her a fully meets expectations, you know. So I think where we we really have to go is to bring an awful lot more objective data into the experience and not just the manager going out to get stakeholder or peer feedback, but the employee themselves coming to the table with their own feedback, their own review and their own data. And I think the more data and objectivity we can bring into the review process, the better for both parties. So if both parties are coming in with objective data, I think we've we can reduce and eliminate that bias and subjectivity. That's a that, that that's a key problem for us all. So we're moving towards a more data led, uh, continuous feedback model. Uh, it's a lot more collaborative and more honest. Um, my my natural question, I guess, would be, how can you stop continuous feedback tipping over into micromanagement, which I don't think most employees respond very well to. Yeah, I think that's such a great question. And no one's ever asked me before, but it's so, so relevant, isn't it? That it, it, it has that, that side to be dangerous. One of the principles that we have as part of um, when we roll out BCom CPM to, uh, to our clients, 
one principle that we always push home is you only give feedback if it's for growth intent. So if you think this is going to support somebody's growth, that's when you should give feedback. That can be appreciating what they did really well, reinforcing their strengths so they can amplify them or giving them the right steer to go, well, it would have been better if you had done this or that. But you got to check yourself because if you're not delivering that feedback for growth intent purposes, then you shouldn't be using our platform to do it. If you want to have a go at someone or you want to micromanage someone, then you use other avenues to do it. So I think people have to check themselves around when they give feedback, why are they doing it? Um, and I think within the, you know, in our platform, there's lots of triggers and, and, and ways you can check yourself from, 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 from doing these things. But I think you've got to have some principles around when should feedback happen? Why should it feedback happen and how should it happen? And I think if we can educate our managers on that, we can avoid that lens of, of micromanagement because feedback is a really lovely thing to get most of the time. You know, people are either appreciating your work or giving you a good steer. So it should be a positive experience when it lends into micromanagement. I think we get, we have a problem. Mm, definitely. Um, so you've, you've, you've had the feedback, the, uh, the review, not the performance review, but, uh, however you want to call it, it's, it's gone well. Uh, we're talking now about rewards packages. And this is something that, uh, again, organizations tend to standardize, maybe uh, not for the better of their employees. So you've got a range of ages and generations in the workplace now more so than ever. Um, people are living longer, they're working longer. So how do these things look different, if at all, across the generations? How would a Gen Z reward package I use the American pronunciation there. Um, how would a Gen Z reward package look different to, say, a Gen X uh, reward package, for example? Yeah, I don't think we should be devising reward packages according to generation or, or age or any of those things. I think we should be personalizing reward packages to the individual. So if you take a leaf out of marketing's book, you know, marketing really got personalization right. You know, in the past, they used to advertise the same ad to everybody in a newspaper or a TV campaign. But they've learned over the last 10 years to really personalize it. When, when I see an ad, it's usually highly personalized to me. And it, it hits me in the, in the things that I'm interested in, in the channels that I'm interested in. And it follows me around the internet until I buy it. You know, I, I think we need to take a leaf out of that sort of book of thinking about, well, what rewards is relevant to that person because I could be a Gen Y, you know, woman with three kids and then things like healthcare for my kids is really important. I probably live in a house that's far away from the office. So maybe work-life balance and flexibility is really important to me. Maybe childcare uh, contributions really important to me. But if I'm a Gen Y woman and, and, and I'm single and, and loose and fancy free then i you know i want very different things from life i want i want my rewards to look different so i think we've got to think about what's the lifestyle people are living and put tools in the hands to make it really flexible for them and i think we need to think about roles as well as as the individual because you know if you think about executive pay they don't need a bonus every quarter like they just don't they, they they have enough money to keep them going this isn't something that's going to inspire motivate them but if you think of our low income roles then they're being hit by a big gas bill this month you know what about we distribute their rewards throughout the year and it's it's a bit like it's a bit like the annual review i think is happening to annual comp annual comp doesn't motivate anybody you know if you're going through 
the cost of living crisis and you're suffering inflation and maybe you're now paying six to 10 percent more for your goods than, than you did last year, then having an annual salary review of three percent is not going to inspire anybody. But what if we could take that rewards package and go, well, John delivered his, his goal early, actually. He delivered it in March. Well, maybe we pay out John for his goal right now because he's he's contributed. We, we pay him for that performance right now because that's meaningful for you because you need that money now. You don't want to wait till the end of the year to get it. And I know that's a big transition, but compensation often follows the trends of performance. Performance has gone more real-time, more frequent. I really believe compensation is going to go the same way. And I know there's challenges with that, with our CFOs and cash flow and all that kind of stuff. But if we really want to get value out of the money we're spending, we're spending a lot of money on bonuses and pay. What if we got much more bang for our buck and we managed to motivate, incentivize people to perform, incentivize them to perform quicker, and then they felt rewarded for that performance? Like, what if we could really get that formula right? I think real-time compensation would allow us to do that. So it's for me, this is the next big trend in HR. Thanks, Ashling. Um can I ask an unplanned question? I don't know where this is going to go. The last question is about Unleash World. It's our first event in Paris for three years. I'm very excited. Um, I had my first Unleash experience uh, going to Las Vegas um, back in May. Um, what are you looking forward to? It'll be really good to meet you face to face. Tell us a bit about your thoughts on the event. Yeah, I love Unleash. It's it's. I, I shouldn't say I have favourites, but it is my favourite show. Um, because it's probably where we got our first start in life as well. When when um, I'm become now, but we've been uh, prior to that. I, I founded a, a company called Our Tandem, um, and that's where we got our first start. We won the the Disrupt HR competition way back in the day, and um, we got our first big clients at Unleash. We got you know lots of publicity from Unleash. Um, and it really helped me secure my first funding rounds and so on. So it's got, it's got a lot of uh, sentimental value for me. But I think I'm really looking forward to just reconnecting with old friends and connections and people I haven't physically seen in years. Um, and we've got customers coming and, and, and uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the human contact all over again and just meeting people. Face to face, thank God, these virtual conferences are no fun. So really looking forward to the whole day. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, um, definitely meeting a lot of people and seeing a lot of people again is going to be so great. Um, Ashley, thanks so much uh, for your time today. Really looking forward to next week and um, I'll speak to you very, very soon. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me.